this passage of scripture that we are about to read, it usually is a passage of scripture that is recited and preached when it's time for tithes and offerings. And I understand why many do that, but I would like to dig a little deeper and exegete this passage where we can fully understand how this kingdom law that Jesus is trying to teach us will benefit our lives. Because here's the thing about kingdom laws and natural laws. They don't care if you believe in them or not. Okay, we're going to have to work here today. The laws don't care if you believe in them or not. If you work with them, they will serve you. If you go against them, they will violate you. So let's let's squeeze this text a little further. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. One verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus is telling us this kingdom law. If you do not have a Bible, it is okay. It will be projected for you on the screen. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus says, give. Somebody say give. Give. Give and it might be. That's what your Bible says. Mm, it's a possibility. Give and it could happen. He says, give and it will be given to you. Now, Jesus is introducing us to a kingdom law. The reason I want us to understand this is because we have to stop being people who say the devil is a liar, but then treat God like he is. The devil is a liar. We're going to talk about that more throughout throughout this sermonic journey. But we're going to have to stop saying the devil is a liar, but then look at this verse and feel as though God is lying. The reason I showed us a few weeks ago these keys and I said, if I give you these keys, your excitement will be a little confused because you don't know what these keys give you access to. Until you know where these keys give you access to, there is something that you cannot unlock. And when you have keys and you don't know what the access you have from these keys, you will always experience frustration. The verses in the Bible are keys to unlock kingdom doors. This is how we quote keys and post scriptures but don't experience them and start to doubt our faith because you're saying something that has never been your reality. And so people start to say things, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in that church stuff. It's because you're using keys but don't know how to open the door. What what door will you unopen? Jesus is telling you, good measure, press down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. So he's saying, this is how it works. Everybody wants the overflow. Everybody wants to experience the good measure. Everybody wants to experience the press down. I'm talking about so many blessings where you have to kind of like press it down so you can receive more and give more. Everybody wants to live in the abundant life, but Jesus is saying, okay, that's part B. Part A is you have to have a heart of generosity. So many people are frustrated because they want B, but they don't want to do A. You have to have a heart of generosity if you're truly going to experience the unlocking of this kingdom gift. It is a kingdom law. And the part of the text where people usually skip over is when Jesus says, for the measure you use. (laughs) For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
So the measure of petty you use. See, some of us, that could be real low. <laughs> yeah. For the measure you use, that measure is going to be given back to you. The measure of blessings you use, that measure is going to be given back to you. For the measure that you use, that measure is going to be given back to you. A lot of us are expecting this measure, but the measure you use is this. For whatever measure you use, that same measure is going to be given back to you. This is a kingdom law. Somebody say kingdom. When I say law, I mean principle. Culture calls this karma. What goes around comes around. You're going to get what you get. Culture calls it karma. Scripture calls it sowing and reaping. And I tried to get us to understand what you reap is not a bad thing. It only becomes a bad thing if you have sowed bad seeds. So reaping what you sow is good if you are sowing a measurement that you want to reap. Is this making sense? I want to reap a certain thing, so I have to sow a certain thing. Now, God has given us all the gift of free will. What is that? That is the freedom to decide the conditions you want to experience tomorrow. Free will. Free will is you have the decision to figure out how much measure of obedience that you want to live by so that that could be the measurement of your tomorrow. Is this making sense? This is why, oh, let me get on my soapbox. This is why to me, jealousy is so stupid. I said stupid. Surprised my children didn't say, don't say that, daddy. No, uh, jealousy is stupid. You know why? How are you going to get jealous over a harvest I'm reaping from seeds you never sowed? Right? If, if I was a note taker, I would write this down. You know what jealousy is? Jealousy is psychological confusion of an expectation. Preach Holy Spirit. That's what jealousy is. It is psychological confusion, confusion of an expectation. So you're confused over your harvest, but you're not looking over the seeds you sowed. You're expecting someone else's harvest, but you're confused over what your harvest looks like because of seeds you've never sown. How about this? Before you get jealous, look at what you're sowing. Have you sowed into the soil of grinding like that so that you can reap a harvest like that? If not, don't be jealous. Have you sowed into the soil of prayer and intercession like that? Because if you have not, don't be confused by your harvest. Don't be jealous. Have you sowed into the soil of silent tears and silent screams? Because being anointed ain't no joke. I said, ain't. Being anointed is not a joke. Everybody wants a microphone, but nobody wants to be crushed. Everybody wants a platform, but nobody wants to be crushed. It's a crushing to get oil. It's a crushing to be anointed. I'm not talking about a crushing because of unwise choices, because of stupid decisions. I'm not talking about something you have done. I'm talking about satanic assaults because of your calling. I'm talking about diabolical assaults because of your anointing. I'm talking about satanic attacks because of your giftedness. Everybody wants a mic, but everybody doesn't want to be crushed. 
Before you say I want this or this ministry like that or a gift like that or a calling like that, what you're really asking for is to be crushed. The greater the anointing, the more the crushing. Have you sowed like that so you can reap a harvest like that? Have you sowed giving up your will for God's will like that so that you can reap a harvest like that? Have you sowed no more compromising like that so that you can reap a harvest like that? Because jealousy is psychological confusion of an expectation. Look at somebody. I know it's awkward. Say, don't be jealous. Don't. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Give and it will be given to you. What will be given? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over for the measure you use. That same measure will be measured back to you. So if you sow nothing, You will reap nothing. If you sow blessings, you will reap blessings. If you sow gossip, uh-oh, you're going to reap being gossiped about. If you sow judgments, you're going to reap judgments. If you sow grace, then you're going to reap grace. If you sow hours watching porn and perversion, you're going to reap perversion in your flesh. For whatever you sow, you're also going to reap same measure you use. That measure will be measured unto you. I think for part six of this cuffing season series, we should speak around this thought from this subject, takers. Takers. What does this have to do with relationships? Everything. Everything. See, for you to be a giver in a world full of takers, you need wisdom. Some of us, your heart is so callous because you kept dating takers. And here's the crazy thing. If you're a giver, by default, you attract takers. <laughs> if you're a giver, you're going to attract takers. So you need wisdom. Your marriage is on life support because taker boy met taker girl and y'all decide to get married. Well, that's not going to work because marriage requires suffering, sacrifice, and serving. See? So, so there are two classisms of people under the sound of my voice and watching online. The first classism of people, you are type A. These are the people who are experiencing or have experienced pain because you keep planting your heart in the garden of people who don't water things. Woo, I need to say that one more time. <laughs> type A, these are your givers. But givers have experienced or currently are experiencing pain because you keep planting your heart in the garden of people who don't water things. They're not a fountain, no, they're a drain. They're not a cup, no, they're a straw. They're not a lift, no, they're a weight. They're not a partner, no, they're a parasite. Givers and pain hits our heart. When we cannot discern people who are in our life who enrich the soil of our spiritual evolution versus people who are waiting around just to consume the fruit. Mm -hmm. 
This is powerful. When you can't discern those who are in your life, who are enriching the soil of your evolution so that you could grow in your walk with Christ from those who are just waiting around from the fruit for the fruit, you will experience pain. I've discovered this is why exes come back. <laughs> this is why people come back because they took your fruit, consumed it. And as they're going through life, taking other people's fruit, they recognize, oh, that fruit was rare. Yeah, the loyalty that they had was rare. The honesty that they had was rare. Y'all not talking to me. The love that they had was rare. And you don't meet a me every day. So as you navigate and they try to figure out everybody won't let me consume fruit like that and everybody's fruit is not as rich as that, they try to come back. <laughs> Preach Holy Spirit. That, that is, that's, that's type A, givers. Type B, you're in the house. Mm -hmm. Watching online. These are the people that give nothing, do nothing, contribute to nothing. Nothing that does not glorify self and if it does not get me a repost, a share, or a paycheck. Ooh, it's got quiet, you heard that? If it does not benefit me, I don't serve. I don't give. And they wonder why they feel stuck. Jesus told you because with the same measure you use, that same measure is going to be measured back to you. Your sowing, look, your sowing looks like this. So your giving looks like this too. Your sowing looks like this. So your reaping looks like this as well. Maybe your marriage is so difficult right now because we're both selfish. Has to be about me, my, I. Isn't marriage we, us, our? Takers, takers. God, would you help us to have a heart of generosity so that we won't quote your scriptures and never ourselves experience the fruit of the keys that you have given us. I pray, Father, that you would activate a heart of generosity and also allow this word to be a sword that convicts those who have been bench warmers in your kingdom, who aren't active and who are sitting on the sideline criticizing everybody else, the first to complain, but the last to participate. I'm praying, oh God, that you will allow us to see that love gives, but lust takes. For God so loved the world that he gave. Help us to be cheerful givers. And also, God, give us the wisdom to be able to recognize when we are dealing with parasites so that our heart won't get hardened because we're giving to things, to places, and to people who don't believe in reciprocity, but they believe in depletion. All the study means absolutely nothing if you aren't magnified and if you aren't glorified. Best, bless this word in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, amen. 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 There's this confession I want all of us to say that I really, really believe will be a charge for all of us. Everybody watching online, could you put this in the room in all caps? Y'all talk to me. Everybody say, Father, Father give, me a heart give me a heart of generosity. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. I don't have to give. I get to give. That's the least I could do. 
One more time. Father, give me a heart of generosity. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. I don't have to give. I get to give. That's the least I could do. Would you give God a praise in the house? Not just giving of your wealth, but it could be giving of your presence, giving of your time, giving of your hands, giving of your support, giving of your giving of your efforts. It's not always lucrative. Giving. Give. And it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together, and running over for the measurements that you use when it comes to your giving. From that same measure, it's going to be given back to you. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, there are a several, plethora, a passage of scriptures that we're about to go through in just a few moments, but I must just share this. I love what God is doing with this series. I really do. Like Cuffing Season Volume 3 is on like spiritual steroids. <laughs> I love what God is doing with this series because I believe he's striving to get his people to get back to a place where they value the kingdom agenda. And what I've been trying to get us to understand is if you want to experience new life, it's always going to come at the cost of your old one. I know you want relationship advice, but the Holy Spirit is like, I want you saved though. I, I know you want okay what's wrong with him why he acting like that God is like I need you born again though I need you filled with my spirit though because my spirit is going to convict you more than a book ever will I need people who are spirit led and not just serial dating I'm not giving you multiple hearts to break I'm not getting you multiple hearts to break. I want you to have a relationship with me because your new life is always going to come at the expense of your old one. You want new peace? That's going to cost old comforts. And the reason I have to say this, y'all, I feel this. I feel like I'm speaking prophetically right now. There is somebody in the house and watching online. You are one disappointment away. One let down away of going back to who you used to be. If we are coming to church and if it's not changing us, what are we doing this for? If we're coming to church and we're not glorifying Jesus, what are we doing this for? If we're coming to church and it's just programs and services, but not encounters and presence that is filled with the Holy Spirit, what are we doing this for? I feel this firmly, y'all. There are another group of people you have a, I will never go back in your spirit. Who am I talking to? <laughs> I will never go back in your spirit. I will never go back to bedrooms that I don't have a covenant with that person anymore. I'm never going back. I'm never going back to the same vomit of settling because I viewed the first option as the only option. I'm never going back. I'm never going back to entertain the very thing that left my mental health and spiritual growth on life support. I'm never going back. This time I'm for real. This time I'm going to be sold out. This time I made a righteous resolve. There has been a line of demarcation drawn in the sand. When it comes to my walk with Christ, I don't tiptoe. This time when it comes to Christ I'm not sugarcoating it I'm sold out somebody say I'm never going back 
See, y'all don't understand. Sometimes your praise is personal, but then other times your praise is communal. Do you have Bible? Yes, I do. Paul and Silas were the ones that were singing and giving praise to God. Because remember, God inhabits the praises of his people. So when Paul and Silas were praising, God said, I have to inhabit it. You know these prison cells are too small for me. You know chains are too small for me. Stuff has to go because you called me in. Now notice it was not all the other people who were praising and all the other people who were worshiping. It was Paul and Silas. You don't know how your Praise can be somebody sitting next to you, they're locksmith. Don't judge my praise, it could be for you. Don't look at me crazy, it could be for you. Your mouth is quiet, it could be for you. Sometimes it's personal, other times it's communal. God didn't give you the strength and the energy to heal just so that you can go back to the thing that broke you. This strength is for your advancement, not for you to have the power to go back to what caused you to experience a relapse. I'm giving you strength so that you can advance, not so that you can go back. God never cracks a seed so that you can return. He always parts it so that you can advance. And hear me, church, whoever you sit under, that service, church, whoever you sit under, whoever you follow, whoever you date, and whoever you marry is the person you are licensing to operate on you. Talk Holy Spirit. I didn't come to play this afternoon. Whoever you sit under, whoever you follow, whoever you date, and whoever you marry, that is the person that you are given license permission to operate on you. I didn't give you this strength so that you can go back to the very thing that had you crying out to me and saying, God, I'll never go back if you get me out of this. Why do you think the attacks have been so severe in this season? Why do you think this season has been so hard? It's because the enemy tries to use hard seasons to harden our hearts in the area where God needs it to be soft. All of the attacks that are happening. Listen, church family, satanic severity exposes the devil's anxiety. Did y'all hear me? Satanic severity exposes the devil's anxiety. He's so nervous because you're so close. You finally have the right posture. You finally have the right people in your life. You finally have the right heart. You finally have the right perspective. You finally have the right prayer life. You finally have the right worship. You finally have the right keys. And he knows if you conquer this, you're going to seize that. Now, if this doesn't apply you apply to you, you can just sit there and look cute and be quiet. But for the rest of us, this is why family acting crazy, children acting crazy, job acting crazy, community acting crazy, people on my job just calling me out for no reason. It's because my life is making hell nervous. <laughs> Satanic. Severity. This may not be for y'all, but it is for me. There are times where your pastor gets attacked, and it's just because you're making hell nervous, sir. You got a whole generation of men, hands lifted up, talking about we here, we gonna serve Jesus, we gonna serve God, we're getting back in position. You're making hell nervous. <laughs> Give, give, and it will be given.
to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, I love the way this series is working out, how we started with oneness, because all throughout the fabric of Scripture, we can see that's something that pulsates on God's heart, oneness. Jesus prayed this in John chapter 17. God, let them be one as you and I are one. So it was a challenge like, yo, could you become one with that? Because you're not just getting accessories, you're getting attachments. And then we went on to wives and trying to get them to understand wife is just a title, but helpers the function. And last week, trying to get men to understand we need you back in position. Hell is terrified. Our homes look like a scene from episode when Scar was on Pride Rock. <laughs> so, so God's like, okay, this, this is, I want my people to get back to the kingdom agenda. Get back to applying kingdom laws. Because listen, laws don't care if you believe in them or not. Kingdom laws and natural laws don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Asian, old, young, you believe in Jesus, Catholicism, Muslim, it does not matter. If you work with them, they will work with you. If you violate them, they will violate you. The, the, the law of seasons do not care what you think, what you believe, or if you got a PhD from Stanford. You take your butt to Fairbanks, Alaska, or Siberia in the heart of winter, put on a tank top, some gym shorts, and some flip-flops, and yell, my body, my choice. <laughs> I do what I want to do. That law of seasons will humble you with hypothermia. Don't care what you believe. I don't believe all this teaching and all the principles. I don't, okay, take your behind to the roof of this church and walk off the edge. <laughs> walk off the edge. When you smack into the pavement and experience loss of life or broken limbs, all of us will recognize they didn't respect the law of gravity. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. This is why we're going to have to stop blaming stuff because laws don't care about what you have experienced. Work with me, I will serve you. Go against me, I will violate you. And it's the same thing when it comes to our relationships, marriage and dating. There's this kingdom law of generosity and reciprocity. If it does not exist in your relationship, your relationship will feel like hell and will be toxic because there's a law that's being violated. If both of us, the most beautiful marriage is a marriage of two givers, like nobody's depleted. I'm giving to her, she's giving to me. Somebody say give. <clears throat> that, that relationship will be beautiful. And as I was studying this, I began to think about this. I said, man, I believe baby boomers, generation X, they had something we don't. They were able to give to things bigger than themselves. For real. Big reason, they didn't have social media. <laughs> So wherever they went for vacation back in 1967, they never felt bad about because they didn't, they couldn't scroll and see where did the Johnsons go? Where did Michael go? Where did, they just were content with where they were because they did not know everybody else perceived world. 
So they're able to give to things bigger than themselves because they know what it's like to do something and not see the result quickly. They didn't have numerical data. They didn't have analytics. They didn't have followers to make them feel as though what they did was significant. They just did it. So they could give to stuff bigger than themselves. But for my generation and generations coming under me, I'm greatly concerned because social media and this society is obsessed with self. Everything is about us, my following, my platform, my channel, my views. We're so caught up with ourselves. Taker society. It's all about me. I won't give if I don't get a repost. I won't do this if I don't get a blue check Instagram account to share my video. I feel insignificant if I have 20 subscribers. I won't do it if they didn't like it. Back in 2015, it was do it for the gram. I ain't going to do it. Do it for the vine. I ain't going to do it. Everything was about what you can get if you do this. But can you give and get no credit? See? Can you give and get no share? And can you be faithful? Can you be faithful? This is the problem with our relationships. We don't know how to serve beyond credit. <laughs> we don't know how to serve beyond credit. We don't stay in things, places, even posts. You don't even leave it up long enough to see what it's gonna do. You keep checking it, and if it haven't got a certain amount of views, you delete it. You didn't leave it there long enough. We don't know how to endure. We don't know how to be faithful without a spotlight. We even do stuff like this. Hey, y'all, this person out here, I just felt like blessing them, because you know, when God calls you to do stuff, you know, here you go. We don't know how to do things in secret. What would you do? If Jesus walked upon you and gave you a miracle and said, don't tell nobody, could this be one of the reasons we can't handle the miraculous? Because Jesus kept on healing and said, don't tell nobody. You don't have to tell anybody because I guarantee you when they see the person that used to be blind, now seeing, when they see the person who used to be lame, now walking, the miracle will speak for itself. This podcast generation. <laughs> Everybody wants a mic. And what irritates me about the media, why do you choose the most ignorant person? We don't rock with that person either. Don't use that person or that pastor as a representation of all of us. We don't believe in that pastor either. <laughs> Can we serve without getting reposted, credit, without getting a paycheck? Ooh, it's about to get real. Yeah, we don't want trench work. We want titles. Yeah. Yeah, we, don't, we, don't, we don't love people. We love crowds and followers. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be faithful in the shadows. We only want the spotlight. I feel effective if I'm in the spotlight. 
I feel needed if I'm in the spotlight. We, we don't want to get under any type of authority. We want to be in authority. <clears throat> this is real, y'all. Have you ever noticed that people use the name of Jesus and nothing happens? Anybody? Greater works than these shall you do. You'll be able to heal the sick. Okay, why are we not seeing it? <laughs> Until I got the revelation, you can't operate in an authority that you're not under. Do you remember in Acts chapter 19 when these people rolled up on this dude who had a demon and tried to cast it out and the demon started clapping back? You should read your Bible in Acts chapter 19 and say, okay, hold on. Uh, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. But who the heck are you? Who are you? That's a whole sermon in itself. Does hell know who you are? Who are you? Say, okay, we, we know Jesus, but who are you? We know Pastor Flowers, but who are you? Yeah, we know Pastor Flowers, but, but who are you? And the Bible says the demon in that spirit rose and beat that man till he was bloody until he was naked. Why? Because you cannot operate in an, a, pow a power or an authority that you're not under. I'm trying to get us to understand when we get under the principles, we can get over principalities. But if you don't get under, the promotion is get under. Promotion flies at low altitudes. The humility, the, the humble, the lowly, that, that's where it goes. You will stay locked out at the gate of the next level, unable to access a new dimension without this access code. You got to get under. You got to get under, get under the laws of God, get under the principles of God, follow Jesus with your whole heart. Don't tiptoe with it. Be sold out. Listen to sound doctrine because the measure that you use, it's not legalistic, it's doctrine. The measure that you use, that same measure, it's going to be measured back to you. Are you frustrated with your life looking like this? How's your generosity? Obsessed with self. We're obsessed with self. Some of us are depressed right now because you're in a place in your life that does not glorify you, but glorifies God. We are glorifying ourselves into depression. Don't nobody know me. Don't nobody. It's not about, okay, let me show y'all this. I tried to get us to understand this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. I'm going to go through these kind of quick just so you can see it. Everyone who's been called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 24. It says, declare whose glory is that? His glory declares his glory among the nations. John chapter 7, Jesus says, whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. Your biggest liars in pulpits are the ones who seek personal glory. <laughs> but the ones who are the boldest who will tell you the truth are doing it because the glory that is given is for somebody else that's not me. My glory is for Yahweh, not for me. They don't like me. I don't care. It's for God's glory. Not that you can't even tell people the truth because you care about your glory. Your glory. <laughs> your glory. And so I, I, I'm sitting here like, okay, I try to get us to understand we were not made 
to be influencers. We were made to be instruments. Okay? And the contributing factor to why our relationships are so hard is because we're obsessed with self. So when you hear a sermon like wife is just a title, helper is the function. And Ezekiel saying, are you equipped to participate in the evolution of a man? That doesn't sound good. You know why? It doesn't glorify self. It causes for you to serve and live outside of yourself. When I say, okay, to be a man, a kingdom man, to love like Christ means to lay your life down. That doesn't really sound good because it doesn't glorify self. But these are kingdom laws that keep kingdom covenants healthy. Trying to tell us on this afternoon, your marriage is so hard. Your relationship is so hard. It's because you're selfish. And selfishness is the uniform of a manipulator. Talk Holy Spirit. Selfishness is the uniform. It's what we wear. Selfishness is the uniform of a manipulator. All roads lead back to you. All all roads lead back to you. In fact, when you date, you pick people who glorify you to join your fan club. That's all it is. Your last boyfriend was somebody to join your fan club. Who makes much of me? Your girlfriend, the last pick was somebody who makes much of me. It's all about glorifying self. Selfishness. Takers. Listen, people who are selfish will always traffic in manipulation to ensure that all roads lead back to themselves. Now, you have to understand that their siblings, deception and manipulation are siblings. They're sisters. They're brothers. They're not the same. Deception is to mislead someone to follow inaccuracy. That's deception. You know you don't look like that. Profile picture, you know you don't look like that. <laughs> Deception. <laughs> Is this too real? You know you don't look. All right, I'm going to leave that alone. That's deception. To cause someone to follow something that's not accurate. But what is manipulation? Manipulation, though, is the twisting of words and perspectives and even people for your own benefit. That's manipulation. I got to twist it. I don't like when you did this. I'm going to twist that as your flaw to benefit self. Well, your tone. Well, if you wouldn't do that to me, you know how I feel. Twist it. It's my problem, but I'm twisting it as your flaw. Manipulation. Manipulation. Takers. 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 That's what we're dealing with. Take a girl meets take her boy. And take her boy takes from the girl. And take a girl takes from each other. It's not just the men out here who are taking. They're women who take too. Hard. You know you don't like him. You're just hungry tonight. Facts. You know you don't like him. <laughs> You have contact saving your phone, the just-in-case backup, dude, I know who want me, I don't really like, but just to remind myself, because I'm feeling a little down because who I really want is not interested in me, I have a backup guy I can hit up. Women do it too. Trifling, good-for-nothing type of sister. (laughs) Both genders do it. Takers, takers, takers. I love you so much. You know what Jerry has discovered over the last few years? When people say, I love you, 
What they often mean is I love what you do for me. I love your gift, pastor. I love your gift. If you knew my flaw, would you still love me? See? For the most part, when we say I love you, it's I love what you do for me. Love gives, remember. So you could always tell if somebody loves you, if you have to make a decision that's in the best interest of your calling, your holiness, and your purpose, but it does not benefit them, how was their attitude? And this could be your mama. It's for the best interest of your calling and of what God has called you to do. How do they take it when you make decisions that glorify God but don't glorify them? Takers. 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 All roads lead back to you. See, if I was dating, I thank God I'm not. I really, this, mm, I thank God I'm not. <laughs> but I could just imagine, like, let's say before I met Tanisha, you know, 2011, and a girl invited me to her church, right? Let's say she invited me to a church like this. And I hear the message, and she invites me like two or three times. I'm like, man, it's really good. Like, like preach the Bible. I can understand it. I like it. How long have you been going here? Oh, about seven months. That's, that's awesome. What do you do? I just come get my word. I share it on Instagram. Like, what, what else do you do? You don't help with children's church. You don't help with the food. You don't greet. You, don't, you haven't tried to come to discipleship or join the choir. You, like when they go to the beacon and help serve the homeless, do you do anything with that? When they go to the house of Yahweh and help with the orphans and help with widows, do you do, you do anything with that? Do, do, do you give? Or like, like, like what, what do you do? Now, as a man, just me. If she said, you know, I just come and get my word and I, you know, have food afterwards and I leave. I would think to myself, that's how she's going to be as a wife. That's how I was thinking. If this was the type of person that could get high level good doctrine and you never feel compelled to help the homeless, help the widow, help to give back, help a children's church, help the parking lot. You see, see, y'all are in a church right now that's in a transition. This is the hardest phase right now. It's uncomfortable. You got to scoot over. Sometimes people got to go over in the overflow. You got to hop in the car, be drove down the street, watch nobody run you over. Got to listen to the cops, sit all close. It's uncomfortable, right? It's transition for me too. But, but you're in a place right now where God is breathing and it's obvious the place that you are cannot contain what God wants to do. Right? Has nothing to do with Jerry. This is all of us. We're all an army. We're all people, a remnant, who are hungry for what God wants to do in the earth, who really believe that Jesus is king, who really want to see him exalted, who really want to have kingdom lifestyles, kingdom marriages, have kingdom offspring. We really want that. This isn't just Jerry in a church with me. This is all of us glorifying God. It's just me, y'all. Maybe I just think different. If you could receive that nonstop, and never give back. I think that's how you would be as a wife. Because how do you receive goodness and never want to give back? I can't wait to 2023. First series of the year, planted. I understand. I was talking to another leader. He said, "You're gonna for the, for the rest of your life, you're going to have to understand it's like a bucket list church for people. They're going to want to come to here, leave, just to say that they came and heard your church. The church is like that all over the nation. You go to this church, go to this city, you're going to go to Elevation. You go to this city, you're going to go to Potter's House, wherever. It's all over, bucket list churches. But the difficulty and the thing that you're going to have to teach to people, be planted. Be planted. 
give back. I go to this church at nine. I go to this church at 10. I go to this. Do you give? I just, it's okay if you want the word, but do you give back? It doesn't always have to be money, but time, hands. Give back. Because this generation is training us how to be obsessed with self. And it's bleeding over into our relationships. What will they do for me? So we have counseling sessions with people who are selfish. <laughs> They'll leave if I say, you know what the issue is? Yeah, what is it, Jay? You're selfish. <laughs> I ain't coming back to that church no more. <clears throat> I ain't give, I'm like, like that hurts me. <laughs> you can't hurt what God authored. I'm not talking, nothing happened. Pastor's not mad, nothing happened. I'm just saying in general, I'm seeing this pattern with my generation where we desire spotlight but hate shadows. We don't know how to be faithful in the dark. I'm like, okay, do you understand that you serve a if you, then I'll type God? You serve a if you, then I'll. What is the if, the condition? What is the then, the result? You're upset you want the let me give you a Bible. Second Chronicles chapter seven. Most of us know this. Um, verse 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will hear their land. We want to hear from heaven and forgive sins and will hear land. What Heal the land. What is that? That's the result of you listening to a condition. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, then... Are y'all seeing this? Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in the grain, new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the field for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. That's what we want. But what about the if you? Go down a few verses to verse 22. If you carefully obey all these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to hold fast to him. Somebody shout then. The Lord will drive out all of the nations before you, nations larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea. We all want the then, but what about the if you? Proverbs chapter two, verse one, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then I could do a whole series entitled, if you, then I'll. Why am I not experiencing? Have you listened to the if you? We don't want to preach that because then that requires you got to be obedient. That requires holiness, right? People don't like when you preach about the if you. Preach to me the then I'll. (laughs) Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. 
takers. Can I ask y'all a question? Why should God bless you? Think about the way you live. Think, how would it advance the kingdom of God if he were to bless you with wealth? If God were to bless your platform or your opportunity, how would it benefit heaven? Just based on the way you live and give now, why would I bless you more and everything you get, you hoard? Why should God bless you? Like, my prayers are, God, bless the church so that we can have more space for your people. I'm like, God, these are your kids. What are we going to do with them? We can't fit up in here. What, what are we gonna? This is for you. But why should God bless you if everything is about you? Like, seriously, you should make a list and write down where you give. And you don't get credit and don't get a paycheck and it's not your wife or your kids. Because that's what's wrong with my generation. We want trophies for bare minimum. <laughs> trophies. I feed my children. Animals do that. Dogs do that. I came home to my wife. That's the least you could do. I made my wife some soup. For better or for worse. In sickness and in health. That's bare minimum. Why do you want trophies for the minimum? Seriously, look at a list. Where do you give? Doesn't have to always just be money. Your time, your service, your hands, your presence. Where do you give? And then write down where do you take. See which one is greater. Give you a more realistic, modern example. Go to Facebook and put, hey, I'm in need of $300. Here's my cash tag. See how many people answer. Now, go to Facebook and say, I'm giving away $300. Drop your cash tag. You have more comments on that one than you had any posts you ever posted. Am I telling the truth? Because we are a people who love to take. And the generation that we live in makes much of self. But watch this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples. Somebody say disciples. This isn't people, the crowds. He said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. So I'm going to give it to you the way God gave it to me in study time. The kingdom of heaven is deny. The camp of hell is magnify I. My disciple, deny. Why is relationship so whack? You don't deny yourself. Or y'all don't deny each other. She denies what you need and he denies what you need. There's no denial for my glory. It's all about a denial that benefits me. You see? Me, my, I, 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 I want, I this, I, I. And I begin to dig a little deeper. Y'all ready for this? Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. I'm like, who says I a lot? How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. 
Do you sound more like Lucifer? I'm giving you Bible, not legalism. <laughs> what was Satan's favorite words? I. Kingdom's favorite word, deny. So this is an evaluation moment. Do I say I more? Or I deny myself more for the kingdom of God? So I, I want to just give us a few points, and we're, I'm done. I know it's kind of tough, but it's so that you can grow so that we can stop being people who never experienced the good measure, the press down, shaking together and running over because we're violating a kingdom principle, generosity. <clears throat> Point number one, takers speak fluent in me, my, and I. How do I identify if I'm a taker? What's your most favorite, favorite words? Me, my, and I, because that was also the favorite words of Satan. Point number two, takers have a vampire's nature. They like sucking the life out of things. You ever notice what Satan was referred to? A thief. John chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Takers come to steal, kill, destroy. Believers come to help you know the one that gives you life. Vampire's nature. Many Christians have it. I told us, vampire Christianity. I want Jesus' blood and that's it. <clears throat> Save me, but don't change me. Takers. Number three, takers have a convenience store mentality. If it doesn't convenient me, I'm not doing it. What time y'all having church cleanup day? Nine, too early. It's my only off day. I ain't doing it. <laughs> you got here late. You got here 1240. I got to sit in the overflow. I'm leaving. I ain't doing it. Like, bro, if we go to other parts of the world, they are sitting in rain just to get the gospel. There you go. Walking miles. Convenience store. If it causes for me to be inconvenienced, I won't do it. And you could always tell when somebody loves you by how willing they are to be inconvenienced. Your love for God is always seen by how willing I am to be inconvenienced for his glory, not mine. Number four, takers are master manipulators. Master manipulators. Manipulators need oxygen. They need control. It's their oxygen. So if you have self-value and knowing who you are in Christ, your awareness of that takes their breath away because needing control is their oxygen. Manipulators are con artists of the heart. They sell you dreams, but deliver you nightmares. <clears throat> Manipulators. Now, if you're a giver, this is for you. Givers must discern between pearls and pigs. This is so good, y'all. Y'all heard what I just said? I'm teaching now. Givers must be able to discern between pearls and pigs. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Pearls, that's your value. What you hold as value is wisdom. 
Why are you arguing with fools? Why are you constantly trying to get somebody to understand who is bent on misunderstanding you? Save your energy. Save your energy. I learned this this week. My attention is currency. It changed my life. My attention is currency. This is why it's called pay attention. <laughs> my attention is currency. Some people don't deserve your attention. Certain comments, I'll delete, block real quick. You don't deserve my currency of attention. So I'm not paying attention to that. Number two, if you're a giver, you must establish boundaries because takers don't leave voluntarily. If you're a giver, you must establish boundaries because takers don't leave voluntarily. And boundaries are the investment we make to prevent takers from vandalizing our peace. Number three, I have four points for takers and four points for givers, so this is the third one for givers. Number three, don't allow giving to give you significance. Because if it does, you'll be depleted. You'll constantly give to things that don't practice reciprocity because you feel the more you give, the more significant you are. You're significant because God made you significant. This makes sense? Last point, if you're a giver, always inspect for reciprocity. How long can they sit and never offer to pay for lunch? First time, understand. Second, third, understand. Around that fourth and fifth. Even if they're struggling, I'm okay. It doesn't always have to be money. It doesn't. But I inspect because I recognize to be a giver in a world full of takers, I need wisdom. And I need wisdom to discern who is there enriching my soil versus who is waiting around for the fruit. Was this good church family?